Thank you for everybody being here. My goodness, I am really, um, I'm just encouraged by this uh, interest in um, orphans and vulnerable children, and that is really exciting. My name is Debbie Doty, and I am the Deputy Regional Director for Medical Teams International. Uh, we are a Christian relief and development organization. We're based in Portland, Oregon. We have been around for 30 years. Uh, we deploy medical and dental volunteers as well as directly implement and work with partners in long-term development as, as well as relief uh, response, uh, disaster response. And um, I am just really pleased to be here today, and um, I, I find this conference very much like trying to take a drink out of a fire hose, you know, it's just like so much, you don't know what you're going to, what you can really capture. Um, but I hope that this uh, session will be helpful, I hope it will be uh, some food for thought for you. Uh, Medical Teams International is involved in uh, HIV and AIDS projects around the world. Um, currently we have several in Africa, we've had one in Latin America. Um, and we're establishing some in, in um, Southeast Asia area. Um, and we have a technical specialist on staff, and that's her whole, um, whole focus has HIV and AIDS. And she uh, brings um, a lot of uh, best practices to our, uh, our projects. But today, um, I'd really like to just focus in on some key um, issues and key information about orphans. Uh, AIDS orphans and vulnerable children, and what is the church's response? Um, so that's just framing this a bit. Um, I'd like to, there's so many people here, but I'd like to get an idea of what your interest in this topic is. I, I know I talked to someone on the way in, and that was great to find out um, her experience. So anybody want to share just what is your interest in this topic? Yes. I think one thing, I'm an OBGYN, I'm in the three-year residency, and um, you know, the topic of abortion is a big one at the university, uh-huh. any, any public secular OBGYN program. Um, and so part of my interest in orphans is that when you, you know, when I fight to save for the life of the unborn, I know that that will lead to possible orphans, and I, I want to be able to take care of these little lives that Okay, so in your medical profession and seeing these lives coming into the world and yet knowing that there will be children who are left without mothers for various reasons and what, what is the future for them and how to care for them. Okay, others, yeah. Uh, I'm curious to know um, how medical missionaries in particular can avoid inculcating abandonment issues in organs that they work with, particularly in like short-term trips mm-hmm. and also any experience you had to like the child-soldier phenomenon and the church's response to that. Okay, good questions about abandonment and short-term teams and child soldiers. I don't know that my topic will hit my well all of that, but that's those are good questions. Yes. And is this the national church or the local church or what church response or both church responses? Okay, good question. Yes, and I think here we have our American church and we have the national church. So it is the church uh, universal, but we're talking about uh, AIDS orphans and vulnerable children. The church's response, both. But informing, especially us in North Americans, what is the best response of the church? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, so just uh, connections to people working in orphanages and wanting to understand that more. Good. Yes, over there. Okay, so your, your experience in West Africa, seeing that high mortality rate and say, seeing lots of things that could have been done to prevent that, and what is the connection there? Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, and the church was not involved so much there. Okay, very good. Uh-huh, back here. Great. How scripture is speaking into your life, what does that mean? What does that, how do you see yourself even in re, your relationship to Christ? And what is our, what, what is the response to that? Uh-huh. Good. And in the back there. Yeah, I'd like to know what uh, you mean by the church. I think you mentioned a little bit about it, but um, you're talking about the church in the West, and the church in the dirty world, how we can work together. And the second issue would be this Okay, good. We'll touch on some of that. So, what is, uh, you know, orphanages, home-based or uh, community-based care? Uh, what is it? What are we meaning by the church? Um, all right. Well, I'd like to. Um, I, I think it's really important to kind of understand different perspectives that we're all coming from, and. So um, I'm, I, I want to share this just in that spirit that it's all going to land in different places uh, with each of you, but that, you know, I encourage you to do as much research and learn as much as you can. There is so much available out there. And um, because you're here, I know that you are wanting to learn. And so I think being informed is one of the best ways because we can do more harm than good if we're not informed. Um, The increased spiral of adult deaths in so many countries means that the number of children orphaned each day is expanding exponentially. Africa is staggering under this load. So that the need is so incredible. The impact of HIV and AIDS is most profoundly reflected in the lives of children. And I think many of you have expressed how you've seen that. Two million children under the age of 15 are living with HIV or AIDS. Two million. Girls are harder hit than boys. 90% are infected by their mothers out of children. 90% are infected by their mothers. 15 million children have lost one or both parents to AIDS. Most of these children are living in developing countries, which means the resources are not as great. The vast majority, 
live in sub-Sahara Africa. So we are, we are overwhelmed by this huge need. But uh, as Christians, we come together and now we look, as was mentioned, what is this biblical mandate that we have, that we can't, this touches our heart, but also there is a mandate here to seek justice, encourage the oppressed, defend the cause of the fatherless, plead the case of the widow, Isaiah 117. Bind up the brokenhearted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to comfort all who mourn, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of despair, Isaiah 61. And I think this really describes we have this overwhelming need, and we saw we see so many so many children affected by this, and so so many difficult situations. But what do we want to see, and what can happen? That we can bestow on them a crown of beauty, the oil of gladness, a garment of praise. And I want you to keep that in mind. Um, that's that's the, the the beautiful thing that we can come to. While we deal with a lot of the hard things, this is what. God is calling us that we can, through our ministries, accomplish. We're encouraged to look after orphans. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress, James 1.27. And I think if you, if you look at the... Um, if you look at all of the go through scripture, you will see that God is so concerned with children and with widows, and that comes out throughout the, the Bible. Something that we can't, uh, can't um, ignore. When we look at the problems affecting children who have HIV/AIDS or are affected by HIV/AIDS, it's not something that's simple. It's not let's, we can do one thing and we will solve that problem. You can see here what are all the problems of children and families affected by HIV and AIDS. And I'd like to go through this because I think this is really important. You know, sometimes we think if we do one thing, it'll solve the problem, but sometimes that destabilizes that, all these other things that are going on, and it will have a residual impact that we didn't count on or we didn't think about or we had an incomplete response because we didn't realize all of these other things were, were affecting that. So let's look at some of these things. Um, because of HIV infection, there is increasingly serious illness. So there's illness. That contributes to economic problems. Children may become caregivers because their parents are uh, impacted, affected uh, by <coughs> HIV. There is psychosocial distress because there's a breakdown in how things are normally working in the family. There can be deaths of parents and young children. There will be problems of inheritance. And, and excuse me. I have a feeling that was my daughter. <laughs> We're going to have to have a talk. <laughs> um, so we see that um, there are problems of inheritance, and this is an issue that, frankly, I didn't even realize that it was something that would happen because children 
are due an inheritance. And here we have all kinds of things that protect those rights. In many places, that is not there. But it may be our actions to help that child, that orphan, may um, cut off that ability to get that inheritance. It may um, impact that, and we haven't even thought about that. So it's an important thing to know that children, what are the rights of children? And this uh, whole issue of inheritance is really important. Uh, if we take them away and out of the community, we can disengage them from that opportunity for inheritance. It may, it may be land. It may be a house. It may be a place. It may be something, but it's there because of their family. It belongs to them, but if we take them away, they, they have no opportunity for that. Um, children will withdraw from school, so education is impacted. There becomes inadequate food because there are economic, all these things because of economic problems. Problems with shelter and material needs. Reduced access to health care. On the other side, when we see there is a death, children without adequate care have, don't have adequate adult care. Then there becomes discrimination. The child, the, the parent may die, and the community goes, oh, now we know what happened in that family, and they may discriminate against the children. They could, there could be exploitation of, and, and child labor um, because a child has no defenses and no security. Uh, sexual uh, exploitation, life on the street. So you see there's an, and also then that leads to increased vulnerability to HIV infection. So you see it isn't just one simple uh, impact that's going on. There's, there's economic impact. There's the impact of education. There's the impact of security. Um, many things are happening when children are affected by HIV. And it's not just the children in that family. It can be children in that whole community because communities are together. We live in a very, um, you know, uh, Simple. I mean, our, our nuclear families here in, in the in the West in the U.S. But in many developing countries, the the they have a big community, and it can impact that community. So there are many things uh, that affect children um, that uh, who uh, who are impacted by AIDS. So what are some strategies for the church's response? And I think these are really. Um, Really helpful and, and ones that you may need to unpack a little bit a little bit more, um, but I would like to suggest there are about ten or eleven uh, strategies here. First of all, strengthen the capacity of families to protect and care for orphans and vulnerable children by prolonging the lives of parents and providing economic, psychosocial, and other support. We often want to just fo focus on the child, but what about all the extended family of that child? Focus on helping them. Uh, number two, mobilize and support community-based responses. Help the community to respond um, that they're living in. Reduce stigma and discrimination. And there's many different activities that you can get involved in to do that, and the church is very heavily involved in doing that as well. Ensure access for orphans and vulnerable children to essential services, including education, health care, birth registration, and others. These are very practical things. 
Five, ensure that governments protect the most vulnerable children through improved policy and legislation and by channeling resources to families and communities. So this is taking things to a higher level, something that we often don't think about. Again, it's policy, it's advocacy. Raise awareness at all levels through advocacy and social mobilization to create a supportive environment for children and families affected by HIV and AIDS. So we're expanding it out. As you see, instead of just focusing on a child in need, we're expanding that uh, perspective. Number seven, provide daycare and other support services that ease the burden on caregivers. Engage children and youth in the decisions that affect their lives. I think this is really critical. Um, we all know that we have all benefited from being able to make decisions in our lives. And I think that for children so traumatized and it's such a difficult situation, it helps with esteem and it helps them to help uh, find a way to, to have a hope and a future because they can make decisions. Support HIV prevention and awareness, particularly among youth. Protect children from abuse, gender discrimination, and labor exploitation. And again, that, the vulnerability of those children. I really apologize. I should have turned that off ahead of time. Sorry. I want to read a story to you uh, right now, just something that uh, is a good expression here. Uh, support for orphans. John 12 and James 14 lost their parents. When their father died, their life changed dramatically as their father was the family's only source of income. Mom was sick, and they had to nurse her. She died a year later, and they were left on their own. A Christian organization discovered John and James when they had reached a desperate state. Their home was in a terrible condition. The roof had large gaps where rain would get through. They were scavenging for food. For some reason, they were not being given much support by their community. The organization helped the children to cope. James decided to let John continue his schooling James would prepare meals for John and farm the land. The NGO, the non-government organization, mobilized the local church and community to repair their home. It provided basic HIV and AIDS education and worked at creating a supportive home environment for the children. So you see how there was the, how those different things were dealt with, but at a level that kept the family engaged where they were but capacitated and brought resources to the family, to the community, rather than taking them out of that community um, and engaging them where they were. So what response? what's the response of faith-based organizations or churches um, to orphans and vulnerable children? Local churches' responses are proliferating without significant external facilitation of financial support. You know, and this is a point I want to make, and I think it's very significant. We often look at, um, 
you know, the, uh, the developing world, and we say, well, they don't have any resources, so we have to go and help them. And we, in doing that, we negate what resources they do have. They have an incredible amount of compassion. They have an incredible amount of, to bring people together and to do something uh, and, and get organized. Um, and so we want to focus on how can uh, focus on what what is being done. And what can the local church do where they are at? We don't want to take that away from them. We want to help them to do that. Congregations and community members initiate responses using their own time and resources to ensure the future well-being of vulnerable children in the communities. And I've read a statistic that um, churches, about 90% of care for orphans is done by the churches. 90%. Because they're there, they're in the community, they can reach out. Churches or faith-based organizations are supporting significant numbers of orphans and vulnerable children. They are doing it themselves. They are well organized, demonstrated by their ability to establish and expand activities despite limited resources. And we often think resources are the answer, but there's a lot of other things, especially community mobilization, that can be done. So, so what do we do? What, what can, how can we help? There are many ways. Material support is important. But let's again, let's frame that again in what is the church doing? What is the local church? How can we help the local church in that context reach out? We can provide material support, I would say, through the local church. We can provide school assistance, fees, uniforms, books. These are very uh, important physical things that we can do. We can talk about HIV prevention. And again, we're providing moral guidance based on scripture. Uh, visiting home-based and home-based care. Um, our organization has been working with some significant uh, programs in Ethiopia and churches that have thousands of members, and they have mobilized their church members to provide home-based care um, and to care for orphans and vulnerable children. So this is, um, is inspiring to me. To, to go and visit there and see what they are able to do and how much they care, um, how much they have a small resource and yet are doing amazing things with it. Uh, counseling and psychosocial support we can do. There's sports, uh, cultural activities, um, medical care, fees and, and medicines. Um, how about income generation? Again, that's really important. That Remember how economics impact the, ch the child, vocational training, so gardens, co-ops, small businesses, daycare centers, religious education, community schools and child development centers, and promotion of foster care. Um, you'll notice that I don't have uh, orphanages up there. Um, and that is the, the reason it, there is definitely because the needs are so overwhelming and there are situations and places and times where orphanages are really, really important. But I, because that is our first response, that's the first thing we think about is let's rescue the children. And, of course, we want to and we want to provide care and we want them to be safe and we, put them, we, put the, we can take them to an environment where that would happen. That's a natural way that we would think about that. I want to promote an alternative to that and more community-based support, more focused in the church, more in the community. 
One of the things that happens when you take a child out of their community, then you're already setting them apart. What happens when they need to reintegrate back into the community? That is the world in which they're going to live. Not only that, but then the community says, oh, well, that's not anything we need to be concerned about. So we, we've set up some dichotomies here. Also, that, that child affected by HIV and AIDS may not be the only vulnerable child in that community, and yet they're getting these services and these other children are not, and they're left out. And meanwhile, the community, uh, we could build the capacity of the community and the church to help everybody. So it's kind of like let's raise that, you know, uh, what do they say? A rising water ra raises all boats. Well, we could do that uh, by focusing on community care. So that I'm not um, criticizing orphanages at all. I'm just really trying to provide another um, perspective, another um, way to respond to this huge, huge crisis. And I think then when you, uh, when you consider the church being involved in that, you consider the witness that will go out, the, think about where, where the, if you have thousands of church members uh, throughout your area, think about the impact that that's going to have rather than one place that the children are at. So it, it's a different way to frame it, and I, I kind of bring that as a, an alternative and a challenge for you to think about. What have been the responses of these churches? Um, what's the results? Well, there's increased morale uh, in these vulnerable households. There's income-generating projects that have gotten started. There's strengthened community net, safety net, employment, uh, assistance with domestic and agricultural tasks, gifts in kind and cash contributions. Can you imagine? Uh, you know, you look at a community and you will say, oh, you know, unfortunately we, we, we gauge someone on maybe their income and say, well, if they live on only a dollar a day, they're really poor. But they may be rich in spiritual things. They may be rich in compassion and mercy and so many other qualities. Uh, we don't want to just say, well, because they, are, they have little money that they can't contribute. We don't want to take that away. We want to esteem what they have. So they can make some contribution. Reduced stigma. Um, because they're home visits. So what happens is we see the community. We've got the community engaged. They're going to the homes. They're involved in the homes of people who have uh, HIV. So we see that, yeah, that's reducing that stigma. Um, they're, they're being cared for. Everybody's interacting and part of that community. Uh, they're better adjusted, active, and involved children in their community. Um, there's a reduction in sexual abuse and exploitation. So we come, we come to the U.S. church. Um, I want to read, at this point, I'd just like to read a, another story. This comes from our, one of our projects in Mozambique. Um, it's a story, a story about Now. On the day she was born, Now's father was buried. Before another year passed, Now's mother also died, leaving the infant who was still breastfeeding and her two siblings as orphans. Louise... Now's uncle took the three children in. Unable to provide proper care, Now's condition deteriorated, and Luis brought her to Kwangisana Orphans and Vulnerable Children Project. That's the project that we're working in. Uh, Kwangisana is a Lutheran, um, a faith-based organization. Uh, it's uh, run and uh, by Mozambiques, uh, Mozambicans, and it's um, a local effort of the church there. 
I do not think now we'll make it, says Perpetua, Kwan Gisanda's director. She is too weak and sick. Perpetua noticed that now would improve while coming to the daycare center during the week. They had a, a care center, but looked haggard and weak on Monday when she was dropped off by a family member. After receiving proper nutrition, hygiene, health care, and a positive nurturing and supportive environment, though, uh, in the Kwangisana program, now began to improve. Kwangisana staff also worked with her caregivers to improve her home situation. With her uncle's permission, now was tested for HIV and was found to be HIV negative. Today, now is a confident, active, and healthy four-year-old. So I think that we can see that there was a transformation that happened there, and yet now is still living with her uncle. She comes to the, the daycare center during the day. She has nutrition. She has medical care. They get education uh, through a faith-based organization, a Christian organization there. She goes home on the weekends, and those are all things are being supported. She is being cared for, and yet she is still part of her family, still part of her community. And so that is just an example of... Um, how care can be given. So the U.S. church, an appropriate response. I think financial support is really important because we have resources. We have so many resources in that, that way. But consider giving small grants, not large, large sums of money, because it's very hard to be a good steward of all of that resource. Give small grants and see what is done and, and what the impact of those small grants are, and monitor that, watch that. I think too often, you know, we, we build relationships with organizations. I, I see this often in Africa. It may, it may be the same uh, in other areas, but I, I work mainly in Africa. A lot of indigenous organizations crop up. That means local African organizations, and they will promote that they are doing a certain type of outreach, especially children, orphanages, things like that. But their motives are not always pure. And what happens is that the, local, the church here in the U.S. can engage with those, um, those indigenous organizations but not, be, uh, not follow accountability for that funding that goes or the resources that go. So it's really important. Small grants, look for accountability. Help them if they need that. Uh, another way that the church can respond, uh, the U.S. church, recognize and utilize existing faith-based structures and strengths. Whenever you go into a community, remember there's something that exists there already. Find out what it is. Get aligned with it. Discover that. Join them. See what's going on. Discover the gaps. See what they really would like to do. Uh, so join with those church organizations and, and work with them. Focus on capacity building, training, and tools. We have so much here. We have so much to offer, and it's not all, it doesn't have to be money. We have a lot of knowledge. We have a lot of skill and experience that we can transfer in an appropriate way to the community, to the caregivers. Um, so that, again, is how can we, we share that, that capacity building so that after we go, that they will have the strength to carry on and maybe even duplicate that in another community. Um, next, be guided by the experience of the local faith-based organization, church partners. They've been there. They have experience. So listen to them. You know, we often, because we're, we're a culture of experts, 
And, in fact, you know, when we go somewhere, we often uh, introduce ourselves, just as I introduce myself, by our title, our work title. Uh, and we, we focus on being experts at whatever we do, and we talk about that. But if you go in many places in the communities where we work, you're known by your relationships. You're known because you're the son of so-and-so or the uncle of so-and-so or you um, have a cousin who's working in that community. So, um, you know, look at the, the – they're there, so look at their experience and realize that we have much to learn. We, all, we aren't always the experts, even though we, we go to provide assistance. So we need to know what's going on. Next, advocate for child rights and resources to assist orphans and vulnerable children. Advocacy is really important because we can do um, a certain amount of response right where we are, but we want to improve the system around where the child is. So how can we advocate? And, and how can we help the community advocate? Work with the leaders in the community. How can they advocate to the health system? How can they advocate to the government? Help look for ways to um, make sure that children's rights are uh, protected and that they get resources. Ensure the participation of local children, youth, and people living with HIV and AIDS. We often think, well, we have to care for them, and we forget that they can participate in their own health. And so get them involved. It's really an esteem-building thing to get these children involved. They can do peer education. Um, I've seen children. Uh, we have a project in Uganda where uh, we're working with local pastors who do a lot of um, prevention messages in the church, but we are also working with youth, and the youth, it's a peer-to-peer. -peer. It's a one-on-one, -on -one and it's a peer uh, prevention program encouragement. So they're working among themselves. So think, think about that. Get them involved. People living with AIDS, HIV and AIDS, if they are able and they have uh, the stamina for them to go and work uh, along and help care for others or do, to, uh, do prevention messages or uh, reach out in some way, uh, if they have strength to do that, there is something really transforming about involving them. The best way to serve vulnerable children is to strengthen the capacity of families and communities to care for them. So I think if I had one message, I would come back with that. And within those communities, I want to include the church. And that comes from a really great article that I would recommend. It's called from Faith to Action, Strengthening Family and Community Care of Orphans and Vulnerable Children in Sub-Sahara Africa. It has a lot of good resources in it. Homegrown approaches based around community priorities are the most appropriate and sustainable responses to the crisis of OVCs. Homegrown approaches based around community priorities are the most appropriate and sustainable responses to the crisis of orphans and vulnerable children. It's, a lot is packed in there, but again, looking at community priorities, most appropriate, sustainable. These are words you want to keep before you. I just wanted to share a picture here of now. And now what she, what, what she looked like when she arrived at the care center 
one year later when she was three years old and today as she's four. You can just see in her countenance the change, the transformation that happened. Um, so she, she has need, her physical needs are met, her family's needs are met, but she's living with her uncle, and that's be, that, that system that was there is being supported. So looking at our church here, these are some things I would, I would encourage. Again, I think because you're here, you are showing that you are and you want to be informed. So continue that journey as, as far as you can. I have, uh, I didn't bring, there's not as many copies as everybody here, but if you uh, leave your name and email address, I'll send you a copy of the list. But I have a few copies up there of just resources, places on the web you can go to, different resources that you can get informed. I think that's uh, a very... Um, it will be very helpful to you. Get involved. You know, if you're here and you, you said, well, there's kind of this need and I know it's out there, but I really don't know too much about it and I kind of want to know more, my challenge to you now is get involved because we talked about this great need up there that's out there. So get involved. Don't just, um, you know, consider it. And, it, you know, being involved may be just uh, what you can do here to encourage giving towards that um, uh, organization that's already in the community and doing something. It may be that you're going to assist and, and, and work with a community or with a local church. Uh, but get involved in some way. Advocacy. You can do advocacy from here um, just with our government and the uh, aid that we are providing. Learn from experts. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just sharing... Um, Resources here, I'm by no means an expert. I learn every day um, about this situation, and I am so thankful. I learn the most when I am walking on the streets in the communities, meeting the people who are out there and engaged. And I just returned from Ethiopia, and I um, just uh, I met a friend that I had in Ethiopia um, that's been working there for a while, and she goes, oh, we're going to... Um, uh, one of my friends' house for lunch. Would you like to come? So I went along, and we went to a very, just down a very rough and rutted and rocky, muddy road, down a little alley into a home that was mostly like plastered with mud, um, you know, but it had been had mud and cement. Um, and in the house there was a sofa, and in the other room there was a bed, and that was the house, the home that these people were living in. Uh, they did their cooking outside and in a different room, and all the family were there, strong, committed believers. And this woman that I got to meet, her, her whole passion was to care for people living with HIV and AIDS. She wasn't in any formal program. She didn't have uh, somebody providing her money from the outside. This was her passion. This is what she was committed to doing. She uh, oriented her life ab around that. And it was really exciting to see how her family was so proud of her, her husband supporting her in that, her children. She was an example to her children. And this was something on her own initiative. There are things like that going on. So get, you know, find out what, what they are. Um, learn from the experts. Follow best practices, and there are a lot of guide. There's a lot of guidance in the resources that you'll come across about that best practices. What is best practices? They are proven ways of providing the best care by doing no harm, and they have. They're scientifically proven. They have been tested. 
but especially they do no harm. And, you know, when we go to care, we enter uh, we inadvertently may do harm. So we want to follow best practices. Establish reliable relationships. Again, this comes back to a lot of organizations who know, oh, you know, that American church, you just mention the word orphan and they'll give you money. And it, I, I'm sorry to say, but it happens a lot. And, in fact, I get a lot of requests from my, to my organization from um, individuals like that. And so make sure that when you go and you are working and developing uh, relationships with a church, you're working with maybe a local organization, that it's a reliable relationship. They have strong accountability. They have a good reputation in the community. Um, they, are, they do what they say they're going to do. Their leadership is very uh, uh, you know, spiritually strong and committed, and uh, they're under some sort of authority, and they have good accountability, even financial accountability. So how can you respond? Well, I, I find, you know, when you look at the enormity of what needs to be done, pray. Pray. Because God is going to inform you on where do you need to get engaged, what do you need to do, Pray, too, for God's spirit to move among the churches in those communities that are so highly affected. Pray for strength for them, for protection. Uh, There are many, many things that you can be praying for. So how can you respond? By praying. Focus on families and communities. Remember that these children are all part of systems. They're all part of a community. Support local churches and structures. Get engaged with them. And also advocate. Again, this is kind of a word that hasn't been too much in my background as a Christian. I didn't really, I thought advocacy was like, you know, I don't know, those Peace Corps people that go out there and, I don't know, get involved in politics or something. But I realized that we have a voice and we need to stand up for orphans and vulnerable children. Who's going to do that? We need to do that and we have opportunity to do that. And so whenever anything comes across that you see that um, and you have an opportunity to get involved, please do. Advocate for them, for their rights, and for um, a response. Um, even, our, even our funding, our government, and what they're getting involved in. In your church, advocate. This is something that we need to be responding to. This is, you know, God's priority. And, of course, give. I think give um, it can easily be one of the first things we think about because we can so easily do that. Giving is important, but giving and having good stewardship and accountability for those resources is really, really important. So these are ways that we can um, respond. I want to come back to the the whole um, understanding of, of the impact of HIV and AIDS, of children who are vulnerable, children who suffer um, a loss, they have some, many of them may have to take up responsibilities uh, as an adult um, to care for their family. How are they going to bring any income in to just buy uh, that food for the day? They have to give up school because there's no school fees. Um, they're subject to discrimination. All of these things are going on. But I, I want to keep before us really God's promise. And again, what we want to contribute to by doing the best that we can do being most appropriate in our responses. Bestow on the children a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, 
a garment of praise instead of despair. So I um, I thank you for your um, participation and thinking through this today. And um, I really um, hope that it's been somewhat challenging but also um, encouraging as you look at the, the situation of uh, H- uh, children affected by HIV and AIDS and vulnerable children. So thank you.